Up next is the Daily Devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson, pastor of Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 9. Verse 43 says, They were all astonished at the majesty of God. But while all were traveling at all the things which, excuse me, they all were marveling at all the things which Jesus did. He said to his disciples, verse 44, Let these words sink into your ears, for the Son of Man will be delivered up into the hands of men. But they didn't understand this saying. It was concealed from them that they should not perceive it, and they were afraid to ask him about this saying. Oh, yes. People were amazed. Just like now. People stand in amazement. They stand in amazement of the miraculous that they see before them. I mean, addicts recovered, drunks sobered, the incarcerated redeemed, trashed lives restored. And they marvel at the impossible that is occurring right in front of them. But you know, there it all stops. All because of the next couple of verses, all because of what Jesus went on to say. For Jesus now says, boys, listen very closely here. Let my words burn down deep into your soul. I'm going to be betrayed. What? Jesus, that's not the way this movie is supposed to end. That's not what is supposed to happen. And oh, how... Man loves God's power and his miracles, but we still want things to be like a Hollywood movie, don't we? We hold so tightly to this life, which we will never keep. We want things to be the way, well, that we imagine them that they should be. We fail to grasp that to live for Christ is to die to our plans and to die to our methods and to turn over total control to Christ. They thought they had faith, but this... I mean, how could this be right? How is this going to work? What do you mean you're going to be betrayed and die? For many people, well, it stops right there. Verse 46 of our text says an argument rose among them about which of them was the greatest. And Jesus, perceiving the reasonings of their hearts, he he took a little child and he set him by his side. And he said to them, verse 48, Whoever receives this little child in my name receives me. Whoever receives me receives him who sent me. Whoever is least among you, this one will be great. Now, as the boys began to debate just who was the man among them, Jesus takes the opportunity here to drive home his point. In this account, we have what was the best of the best in the apostolic world. They were the Lord's hand-chosen men, and still they sifted everything through the world of self. They had witnessed the humanity. They had witnessed the humility. They had witnessed the miraculous. They had witnessed the other-centeredness of our Lord, yet their pride was still front and center. So Jesus now, he uses a child as an example of what things should look like. You know how people love position. 
they just seem to desire titles and power. But Jesus, he clearly establishes here that such a heart is not the path of the disciple, nor is it true greatness, or is true greatness, rather, the kingdom of God. The apostles, they wanted recognition and they wanted authority. But Jesus, he speaks up and says, he who is least among you, it's he who is the greatest. But you see, this didn't fit in the mindset of these men. It simply clashed with their earthly common sense. Jesus makes it clear that humility is the true measure of godliness. Now, that doesn't mean we are to ignore that Scripture clearly and strongly teaches us things like uh, labor and work and striving and pressing forward and occupying until he comes in that kind of language. He does not deny here that a man must be strong and lead with wisdom in his service unto God. These two concepts, they're not mutually exclusive. Certainly, if Jesus ever proved anything, he proved that. However, our hearts must be for others. To serve Christ by placing the lost world before ourselves. I wonder how many of us base our life's decisions on such. It's so easy to fool ourselves by saying we're doing something for the kingdom when, in reality, it's only to feed our thirst for self and the experiential. We tend to do a lot of lying and pretending, don't we? All the while seeking after the mountaintops. Verse 49 says, John answered, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name and we forbade him because he does not follow with us. And Jesus said to him, Don't forbid him, for he who is not against us is for us. Once again, it seems the spirit of elitism had found its way into the hearts and the spirits of these men. Apparently, it seems that denominationalism did not begin in our way, our age. No, we can go back and find its roots even here at the beginning of the church. Instead of rejoicing in the liberation of the individual that was released from the demon, these guys, they were jealous and they moved to protect their status, their position. And when a man begins to move into this area, there's no end to it. But our criteria for fellowship is clearly laid out in scripture and it says nothing about a dress code or having the right name out on your church sign. Verse 51, it says it came to pass when the days were near that he should be taken up, he intently set his face to go to Jerusalem. Now, despite the fact that Jesus taught some eternal truths, and despite the fact that he did some awesome miracles, it was not these things for which he came. Jesus did all those things on his way to his ultimate goal. That was Jerusalem and the cross. And it seemed now the time had come. Time to pack it in and head it on up to finish what he came for. When it came to his calling, it seemed Jesus possessed a trait so rarely seen today. The word in our text, intently or steadfastly, it just jumps off the page at us, doesn't it? Because that word means to, quote, place firmly, set fast, fix, to render constant, to confirm one's mind, end quote. So you see, Jesus was not going to be distracted or delayed, no. 
He knew what he was here for, and he was going to finish it. So few of us are as faithful or consistent. So few of us are so unmoving. Verse 52 says, And sent messengers before his face. They went and entered into a village of the Samaritans so as to prepare for him. They didn't receive him because he was traveling with his face set towards Jerusalem. When his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from the sky and destroy them just as Elijah did? Jesus, he sent some of the boys out here, sent them on ahead to scope things out. And when they arrived at this local village, they were turned away. Well, now, of course, these boys automatically took that personally. And their flesh promptly came busting out with both guns ablazing. Because you see, in their minds, there was no reason for such disrespect, and they were mad. But in truth, they simply didn't know the whole story. And they didn't have the whole picture. What they thought was a personal slam, in reality, because had occurred because such an alternative path was not part of God's plan for his son. He was on a mission, and he was not to become distracted or delayed. So what they thought was a bad deal was, in fact, just quite simply God's design and intervention. I think we would do well to remember this story when it comes to our own lives and our own events in it. The boys, they forgot themselves for just a minute here, and they forgot what they were supposed to be. The wrath of the flesh came storming forth, and they were willing to literally call upon God to assist in this destruction. Like much of the body of Christ today, they were willing to attempt to force those outside of the body to do what they perceived to be the will of Christ. This was not only not God's plan, this was not even his way. Again, the lessons for us abound here, especially when it comes to issues like politics. Verse 55 says, But he turned and rebuked them. You don't know what kind of spirit you are. For the spirit of man didn't come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. Now Jesus promptly rebukes his men for their words and their heart. The sons of thunder here wanted to destroy everybody for this impetuous action on their part. But Jesus, no, he he wasn't having any of it. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Tim Dodson and Believer's Church, visit jfbelievers.com. Music